0: Good morning. Let's see if we can get this thing to start, shall we? It was a bit slow first. Ah, right. Now you've just heard that reading from Nehemiah, you may be feeling a little challenged. For God so loved the world. I bet most of you immediately think, oh, John John 3.16. What was John 3, 1 to 15? Nicodemus visited Jesus by night. Nicodemus, whom Jesus described as Israel's great teacher, visited Jesus. He wanted to know what he had to do. Let's just have that next slide. To enter the kingdom. Israel's great teacher. He was, by birth, a Jew, a member of God's chosen people, a descendant of Abraham. <laughs> and he thought but that that's all he had to do. To enter the kingdom, to be a descendant of Abraham. Jesus told him that being born a Jew was not enough. He had to be born again. Now, Judaism is not an evangelistic religion. They're not out there knocking on the doors trying to get more and more Jews. There is no attempt to convert. The chosen people are the descendants of Abraham. Full stop. So if you're Jewish it's by accident of birth, not by choice. God set his chosen people apart. Not just by this provenance if you like, but by a distinctiveness based on the law the first five books of our Old Testament there's a passage in Deuteronomy commonly called the Shema which I think encapsulates this distinctiveness let's have that next slide oh do you recognise these words they popped up in our second reading here O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. But there is more. Let's have the more. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. They are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on your door frames of your houses and on your gates. What does this sound like? On your hearts? Impress them on your children? When you walk out, when you stay at home and sit, when you go to sleep, when you wake up. These commandments are to be woven into your life. The Shema places God, the love of God, at the centre of Jewish life. Not just, as we heard at the beginning of our Nehemiah reading, in keeping the Sabbath although that is a key part of their distinctiveness. (coughs) The chosen people do not make converts. Their faith survives in their children. Keep these my commandments in your hearts. Impress them upon your children. That is their legacy. That is the survival of Judaism, of God's chosen people. Impress them upon your children. The law is at the centre. It's a record of God's promises, of his covenant. And it is written, next slide, in Hebrew. In New Testament times, worship in the temple and the synagogue was in Hebrew. Even today, if you go to an orthodox synagogue, everything will be in Hebrew. The scroll of Isaiah that Jesus read in the synagogue was in Hebrew. He read Hebrew. This was the language that Nehemiah sought to preserve. The language of the law, the language of worship, the language of God. Last week we heard about Ezra reading the law and when he read it he needed interpreters. He was reading Hebrew, the language of Judah, but the people in those generations in exile or in the generations still in Jerusalem under occupation, the people had come to speak Aramaic, the language of Babylon. So he read in Hebrew and many of them did not understand. Let's have that next slide. When it was explained to them, they wept. Here, they read from the book of the law of God, making it clear and giving the meaning so the people could understand what was being read. And Nehemiah the governor, Ezra the priest and scribe and the Levites who were instructing the people said to them, This day is sacred to the Lord your God, do not mourn or weep. Why do you say to somebody, do not mourn or weep? Because they are mourning and weeping. They heard, as they listened, the legacy that they had lost sight of. The legacy of Adam and Noah. The legacy of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, Joshua. They heard the law and they remembered their responsibilities. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. They remembered God. They remembered they had a responsibility to weave God into their everyday life. They remembered their responsibilities of bringing up children to do the same. And they wept. When Nehemiah saw the Sabbath ignored... He put things in place to stop that. When he saw families where the children had no knowledge of Hebrew, what did he see? He saw people casting themselves adrift from God. That language was their lifeline to the law. That law, hear, O Israel, was in Hebrew. If they did not speak it, They didn't have access to it. Nehemiah's corrective actions sought to ensure that the Jews living in Jerusalem left a legacy, a new generation who loved God and kept his laws. We've heard all about the walls and the gates, and yes, they were important, but walls and gates don't keep God in your heart. Nehemiah wanted a legacy of distinctive Jewish families living a life committed to God. So what about us? You might have listened to Steve reading that Nehemiah section and thinking, where's this going? What have I got to do? What legacy should we be seeking I don't think we should be looking at the Sabbath. I don't think we should be looking at intermarriage. Those were distinctives of the Jewish life. We need to find what is distinctive about the Christian one. We're not physical descendants of Abraham, or one or two of us might be. But we are all spiritual descendants of Abraham. How do we make sure that that spiritual legacy lives on? Well, we need to think about what makes Christians distinctive. And I can think of two or three things. And the first, of course. Let's have it. Oh, that's familiar. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. We seem to have inherited something. What a surprise. Jesus was, after all, a Jew. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. There's our reading from Mark. The second is this, he went on to say, love your neighbour as yourself. So here are two things. No commandment greater than these. So there are our two great commandments. Love God, love your neighbour. And then I think the distinctive Christian has to add a third thing. Let's have it. And Jesus came to them and said, All authority on heaven and earth has been given to me, therefore go make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you and surely I'm with you even to the end of the age. Two great commandments, one great commission. I think that's what makes us distinctively Christian. They will know because you love one another the legacy we leave is people who live their lives with these things woven into the fabric those people are authentic and distinctive Christians and we ourselves are the legacy of such people whose legacy are you? stop and think a minute Who were the people who influenced you, who guided and supported your Christian walk? Can you bring to mind a few of them? I'm sure you can. I know I can. I can think of John Postel, of Peter Green, of Ron Bradford, of Katie Walker, of Els Tarbert. I can think especially of Chris and of Colin Tink people whose distinctive and authentic Christian life influenced me more than I can imagine. I can think of other people whose examples have inspired and still inspire me. Rob and Jen, Viv, Rosie, Marilyn, Rick and Sarah, Liz. We're surrounded by people whose influence they know nothing of or little of but whose spiritual legacy lives in us because their influence let us open ourselves to the Holy Spirit to change us I can remember nearly 40 years ago when we first moved to Han Cross recognising these distinctive authentic Christians We called them the -the glow-in-the-dark Christians. (laughs) You still glow, did you know? I am your legacy, or at least part of it. I can also think of great Christians whose legacy spreads much wider. I can think of William Tyndale, who dedicated his life and lost it, translating the Bible into English. He had met an ignorant clergyman and after a few minutes' discussion said, ere I am finished, the humble ploughboy will know more of the Bible than you, sir. I can think of Luther and the Reformation. I think of John Wesley and actually, if you think and find out about John Wesley, you will find small group accountability. You'll find discipleship. You will find the notion of the perfection of the Christian. I preached this morning at Staplefield at a communion service taken from the Book of Crom Prayer. That book still used by millions of Christians worldwide. Thomas Cranmer wrote that. That's his legacy. Words that reach out. I could go on and on. Perhaps you're sitting there thinking I am. <laughs> The point is every single one of us is part of another Christian's legacy every single one of us can look round and know that there will be other Christians who are part of our legacy the way we live our lives is a major influence in that legacy This is how the Holy Spirit works. He uses us when we live authentic Christian lives, when we follow the great commandments, when we play our part in the Great Commission. This is the Christian equivalent of Nehemiah's legacy. So let's have the last slice. Live a distinctive, authentic Christian life with the great commandments and the great commission woven into its very fabric. Love God. Love your neighbour. Share the good news. Be a distinctive Christian. Be distinctly Christian. Leave a legacy.